new era in NXT starting this week. NXT 2.0, as they like to call it. Welcome again to Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. I'm your host, Skylar Sig Daddy Sigmund, joined by Jeremy J.O., my bud. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Ready to get this uh, new installment of the Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show on the way. Yes, 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 yes. And I, 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 we did, I talked about AEW All Out last week in my AEW All Out review. If you can check, you can check that out in the archives. But uh, what were your thoughts on uh, what you saw on at least social media on AEW for AEW All Out? So this possibly might have been the most historic night in professional wrestling, to say the least. Um, definitely, I feel winds of change in the air. Some big debuts, and I'm excited to see what AEW has to bring now. Oh my gosh! Not to it... say that I not to say, not to say that I wasn't excited before, but. I think a lot of people are going to be tuning in and paying attention to AEW. Yeah. Well, with the uh, additions of Adam Cole, baby. And uh, dude, that move, I got I to gotta say with that Adam Cole music, that is some kick-ass music. Mikey Ruckus deserves freaking so much credit on that. That was like the perfect entrance music for Cole. It was. I really liked it. And speaking of the entrance music, um, I was really surprised to hear Surprised, but liked the little remix version they did for Daniel Bryan on mm-hmm. the fight Valkyries. Mm-hmm. It's got a nice little beat to it. It, it yeah. does, and uh, and it was so cool that uh, Ruby Soho got to actually use the song "Ruby Soho" by uh, Rancid. They got she got permission from them to to use it and uh, encouraged actually. I'm pretty sure, but yeah, they that was pretty cool to see, and then. It's what well, we're gonna get Daniel Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega right off the battle. What's this happen? What's happening? I don't, I don't know. That's a big things coming in AEW, and then yeah, and some big things coming in NXT too. As there has been a, a change <laughs> with uh, NXT, they're doing it, they're revamping the new NXT, reading around. It's gonna be like a really small production crew, it's gonna be a Vince McMahon, Bruce Pritchard project. Really not sure how I feel about that. The Samoa Joe had, if you didn't know, know already, Jo, that he had to re- relinquish the NXT Championship due to injury, and it's kind of odd it's coming at this point. But hope for the best for Samoa Joe. But there is going to be a fatal four-way tomorrow night on NXT to decide a new NXT champion as the new era for NXT begins. It's going to be. Tommaso Ciampa versus Pete Dunn versus L.A. Knight, formerly known as Eli Drake, and Kyle O'Reilly for the NXT title. Yeah, I did see that. And when I first read about that, my heart went out to Smojo, Joe. Heart broke a little bit because the man cannot stay healthy for to save his life. Like, I yeah. remember any time he was getting pushed or any time they had plans in the work for him, he got hurt. hurt at the worst possible times. And I think that's one of the reasons he, I'm saying with air quotes, because this is a podcast and you can't see me, failed mm-hmm. on the main roster. Yeah, we'll get more into him later on. But wrestling, man, is just, I'll say it, I'll say it a thousand more times. It is just so much fun right now. You don't know what's going to happen next. Apparently, Bray Wyatt's possibly going to show up in AEW here in the coming weeks. Who knows what's gonna that's gonna be? 
there's multiple options when it comes to that. It's uh, him possibly being the new leader of Dark Order in a way. And they were talking about possibly him debuting in Rochester, New York, Brody Lee's hometown, the, the late Brody Lee's hometown. That could be interesting. I, I, I don't know, but it, it's very interesting. It's almost like AEW. It's, I'm getting a little nervous with AEW right now. Like I, they're, on a, they're on a big high, but they're starting to get a roster a little bit too over. It's almost there's too many people almost, it seems like. Right. And that's something I was planning on talking about a little later. Yeah, it's, it just seems like it's worrying me a little bit as they're picking up a lot of these guys. They picked up, uh, I think, was it Lee Moriarty? If, if I, I butchered his name, I, I apologize so much. Uh, he they picked him up. They got Ruby Soho now. It's They're looking at – and there's a, and apparently right now there's a one at least one unhappy guy on the roster right now for AEW, and that is Brian Cage. As he his wife and him – this thought that he's been not booked well in AEW so far, but there's a lot of people there right now. There's only so many spots for people at this point. He, he does lack in the charisma apartment. I feel like Brian cage, you, you know, you know, who Brian cage is yeah, big, yeah, yeah, yeah. big freaking Jack guy. Uh, he, that's super athletic, uh, mind you. But he's, he's kind of lacks in the charisma department in a way. And he's his wife and him are not very happy with how he's been booked up until this point. He's had some pretty big – he's been in some pretty featured positions, though, if you will notice. He won the uh, – the what, what the was it the ladder match or whatever for the uh, at double or nothing last year? He won the ladder match. Uh, he was featured prominently in a, on a pay-per-view with Sting. He was in that – a cinematic match with Sting and uh, Darby Allen uh, on uh, that was it, and Ricky Starks was there too, I think. But yeah, that was a prominent uh, feature for him, and uh, he was put with Team Taz. He was given the FTW title, it was, and it's just interesting to see. It's, and you know what? They're gonna, there's going to be more than one of these stories that comes out every once in a while. It's, you're not going to make everyone happy. It's not possible. Nope, not in. Like I said, it's not possible, and they can only do so much. Like you said, there's the roster is getting pretty big, and they're only what hour and a half, two hour show. Not so they have three. They have three hours of national TV time. They have three hours of network TV time to, to use during the week, and then they have other shows like Dark and Dark Elevation that are on YouTube. Not as many people watch those, but still, it, you gotta yeah, like. Not everyone's gonna. Not everyone's gonna get their fair share, unfortunately, and that's just how it gets broken down. And uh, what we're gonna break down right now is we're gonna talk about the NXT stars with the revamp of NXT coming up tomorrow. We're gonna talk about the NXT stars in the past who had unsuccessful main roster runs, and we'll talk about the successful ones as well. We'll bring that up. And did uh, this N- version of NXT, by the end of this, we'll decide, did this version of NXT accomplish what it should have accomplished? And we'll, we'll get into that, and we'll just, and your opinion will differ from mine, J.O., and listeners, it'll differ from them as well. Our versions of success can be completely different, and that is totally fine. We'll get into that. We'll talk multiple wrestlers. We're not going to get into every single NXT person that's ever, ever existed. We're going to get into a lot of people, but not all of them. Just most of them. 
just most of them <laughs> at least. And uh, who should we start with? Well, I'm going to start with the guy that was one of the first guys to uh, head to AEW. It seemed like he was featured in the casino battle Royale at all at a double or nothing in 2019. And that was Ty Dillinger now known as Sean Spears. While he didn't have, he was not like his success didn't result in title wins. The guy was super over. He had a gimmick that was super over because when they did the Royal Rumble thing a couple of times, the 10, he had that special gimmick of the 10 for the perfect 10. They, they had something there. And then when he comes up to the main roster, it kind of just died. Yeah. So how do you, how do you want to do it? You want to say from first off, like we think they failed or succeeded or yeah let's let's just talk about that yeah let's see what let's go with kind of the guys who were unsuccessful and uh we'll talk about those guys and uh we'll determine well we'll determine if they were unsuccessful or successful in each of our opinions so you we can we'll have a fair share of argument here um next up apollo cruz he's only had two title runs one u.s title and one intercontinental championship yeah, I don't know. He said he thought I thought he found a gimmick here recently that was working for him, uh, like embracing his Nigerian heritage, and they kind of just eh, was there, and then it kind of just went away. I remember very specifically, he had a match with Alistair Black, I believe. He ultimately lost, but he looked strong in that match. Like mm-hmm. it was a long match for I think just a random Monday Night Raw. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, I was like, okay, they're giving Apollo Crews this chance. You know, I mean, they're not going to let him lose to Aleister Black, but they're making him look strong. Maybe they're going to be building up something with him. But then I'm pretty sure I didn't see him on TV or very little I saw him on TV like the following weeks. So that just confused the hell out of me. Yeah. So would you consider him unsuccessful in his main roster run, uh, really? I would say success, uh, unsuccessful, yeah. Yeah. Up next is a guy that did have some success. But really, ever since his squash loss to Brock Lesnar, uh, he hasn't been the same since. That's That man is known as Ricochet, one-time U.S. champ, won the U.S. title from Samoa Joe a couple years ago. He was a former NXT North American champion, had a 161-day reign, and he he still can't find his footing on the main roster. He's now on, featured on main event mostly, which is very, very unfortunate for a guy of his caliber. Oh my god, you want to talk about athleticism, timing, just magic in the ring? Ricochet is one of the first people I think of. And yeah, to see how what he's been reduced to is just and any to like, you know, I, I don't want to bash on any of the wrestlers, but if they start making regular appearances on main event, that's usually the kiss of death for the wrestlers. Oh, it is. I I don't disagree at all. Mostly it is. It uh, you see, like Ali and Ricochet, they had like 800 matches, I think, on main event, and then no, and no one knew about them. Right, and it's yeah. I'll, I'm gonna just go ahead and ultimately say that was a, he was a failure on the main roster as much. And, as and he's means. he's still there, but it's not. Uh. And then there was a guy, kind of a throwback to the past. Up next, a throwback to the past, the uh, a bygone era to say the least. Uh, Simon Grimm. And Aiden English, the Vaude villains. Um, they're only they were a one-time NXT tag champ. And once they went up to the main roster, they had a rivalry with New Day. And then pretty much after that, it was just 
gone. Which did make sense to me because I believe at the time, I mean, first of all, another thing that just a brief discussion is WWE's tag division is not does not have depth. I oh, no, 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 it doesn't. <laughs> so they build up these tag teams in NXT and they bring them up to the main roster, don't do anything with them. And the ones that are lucky enough to stick around just end up breaking up for no reason. And like, oh, um, Heavy Machinery is one of them. <laughs> yeah. They didn't break the, uh, the... I don't remember these guys really ever breaking up. It's like Grim just kind of, I think, got kicked out. And then English, he was paired with Rusev. And he was having... He was doing a freaking hell of a job doing the uh, introductions for him. But then kind of once that went away, he was pretty much gone. <laughs> he did commentary on 205 Live, which... I don't know who, how many people watch, which probably people should watch. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, this but, that group didn't succeed very well. No, not at all. I just, I don't think it translated to the main roster, unfortunately. Even though it was different, right. it was different though. That was the thing. It was different than what we, we'd seen. Like people want different, WWE wants different. That was different. <laughs> They, I remember. I just remember the time machine segment that, that the New Day did, where they went back and Kofi Kofi's music hit and it came out. He was like, and Xavier's like, wrong. We no, went to the wrong time. My best year. <laughs> God, but yeah, ultimately though, I don't think they were very successful. But Mm-mm. and then we have another former tag team guy. Well, it was part of the Hype Bros with. Uh, now Matt Cardona was Zack Ryder, Mojo Raleigh. And uh, he had an interesting run on the main roster, to say the least, because they had him win the 2017 Andre the Giant Battle Royal at uh, WrestleMania 33, if I'm correct. He beat Jinder Mahal. He Gronkowski was featured on it. And then, really, they never did anything with him. They turned him heel. They had this interesting gimmick of him like staring at mirrors and talking. Mm-hmm. but it never really amounted to anything. And then he was released this a uh, few months ago. I'm thinking if the most memorable thing about you is having an NFL star help you win. I can't say that's a successful career. And, and it, I don't know. It's a lot. And this, there's a lot of factors that comes into this, this thing, the booking, the booking, I think, is the most important uh, part of it. But like, they they don't they Mick Foley put this so well. They strip away anything that like not not in Mojo Raleigh's case all that much, but the, like in other people's cases here, they strip away all that what makes them special. Pretty much, that's what Mick Foley said last week, and he he got some flack for calling out WWE on their issues. <laughs> mainly with another guy I'll be talking about later on, but uh, especially recently. But yeah, Mojo Raleigh, it, it could have WWE and, and he, I don't know. It, 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 it's just is what it is with him. I don't, I don't really know, but he, he the dude had, dude was an athlete, man. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. And then up next, part of the really, really, really botched retribution gimmick, T-Bar, also known as Donovan Dijakovic. 
And and this guy, this guy went from having bangers on NXT on on uh, NXT shows with Keith Lee, like they were great matches. I think they had one at NXT Takeover Portland, which was a fantastic show, by the way, a couple of years ago. I think a year or two ago. And he was it was a bomb match. I was like one of the better openers I've seen. But now, remember his face. Well, I don't think his face is covered anymore. But the dude is in a tag team with Dio, Mad, and Mace, and also known as Mace. And he, and I, I know it's early, but this has been a year, and it's not really. He's not done anything. <laughs> and that's and this is this is the one that's blamed on booking. Retribution was completely awful. It made no sense. And they bless bless their hearts. They tried. They really tried. The the wrestlers who were put in that position, they really tried. But the gimmick, the the storyline was just just wasn't good. And now that they're stuck with it, I don't see how they could get out of it. Or well, there I don't think they, well, they kicked Ali out, so I don't even think they're really retribution yeah. anymore. But. Formerly known as Retribution, yeah, but um, like you said, it is early, but at the same time, I don't see how it can change. But it had so the thing was that 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 Retribution thing before, like the hacker, that had so much potential, and then they just forgot about it, and then it was like it was so mind boggling. It's like you had something there; <laughs> it was sitting in your lap. <laughs> See, I don't know why, but the anytime there's this threat of an invading force, I'm always into it because I just like the idea of the locker room coming together to mm-hmm. fight this force. So when I saw they started invading matches, invading the rings, you now tearing stuff up, I was like, okay, this is something here. Maybe this could be an, another version of the Nexus, and hopefully it'll turn out better than the Nexus, but nope. Nothing. Nope. <laughs> it, was, it came out like a fart in the wind, pretty much. <laughs> Um, up next, rest in peace, uh, Brody Lee, formerly known as Luke Harper. Uh, his run in WWE, he was featured a lot with the Wyatt family. I'll say that. Um, uh, he was a tag champ, um, multiple time tag champ, uh, IC champ, one time IC champ. But really, after like once the Wyatt family broke up, I, he had success. But I, I, he could have had a lot more if they if he would have been given different opportunities. Because once he went to AEW, man, this guy turned to like he was fantastic in his role as the leader of the Dark Order. It just showed that it's it's crazy to think. Thinking about that situation, it makes you wonder that Brody Lee was this super talented guy in the ring on the mic, and yet. WWE and Vince never gave him that opportunity to show that. Like he never, he never talks. He never got to talk. (laughs) And he's money on the mic, so it makes you think: who, who else do they have right now, or who else have they already let go? That it's the same situation. That if they just give them the opportunity, they could explode. But yeah, but but out of out of the list that I came up with. And out of everyone we've talked about so far, I think right now I would say Luke Harper had the most success out of everyone we've listed so far. Easily. He, yeah, easily. It's just it, it, he wasn't utilized to his potential, I felt like. Like, I, I didn't realize it until after – I didn't get to realize that until after he went to AEW. Like, once he went to AEW, I didn't realize – I'm like, holy crap, this guy's good. Like, he, Right. Uh, 
Just wish he would have had. I like the Wyatt family. I did yeah, like the Wyatt. I, I like the Wyatt family. Just wish he would have had more opportunities to do that in AEW. Just yeah, sad. Very sad. Um, up next, this one is going to be debatable. This one, this is one of the ones you said the last one was kind of almost debatable. This one's going to be debatable as well, if as they were unsuccessful or not. Sami Zayn. I have to say success. I, I, I got to disagree a little bit. I've got to disagree. Ooh, okay. okay. And, and well, give me your reasoning first. I, I'm curious. Okay. So when I was thinking about, like, like you mentioned before, our definitions of, of success are going to be different. And I asked myself, like, okay, what do I see as successful for these uh, WWE superstars? And I ask myself like if i was a wrestler what would i see as a, as a success and the thing that came up to my mind right now was longevity were they able to fulfill their dream and wrestle for wwe and as it stands right now Sami Zayn is still with wwe and he's won some gold had some awesome storylines awesome feuds NXT and his NXT run. Okay, yeah, probably his best stuff was in NXT. Uh, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, okay. If we're talking about that, then yes. But he had success in on the main roster, so mm-hmm. I would say it was a success. Okay. Yeah, and my reasoning behind this is okay. Until last the last two years, he wasn't really prominently featured on television. Honestly. Um. His two IC title reigns the last couple of years, those were good. That was good stuff from him. But ultimately, he's been on the reign roster since, what, 2016? 2016. So he re- like his last NXT match was against Shinsuke Nakamura and NXT TakeOver Dallas. He- banger of a match, by the way. Excellent, excellent match. Mm-hmm. But really, like until he turned heel and like until like maybe the last year or two, it's overall – I think his overall – his overall work it wasn't proved to his success like the dude was the most over baby face in nxt but for some reason the main roster couldn't see that if you if you... i i i mean i see what you're saying yeah because the biggest problem with what happens to a lot of these wwe uh, i mean nxt stars that get brought up like they're they're the guy in NXT or mm-hmm. the, the person in NXT and they get brought up to the main roster. Then they're kind of just there stuck in the mid. Yeah. Stuck in the mid card. Maybe their gimmick gets changed and then have to start over. It's like, and I think, yeah, I think Sami Zayn could, that could be said about Sami Zayn. And, and he had some, he was featured prominently in some fate, like when, early on in his baby face run, he was featured prominently against Jericho. We were there for the show when he was at face Jericho at a clash of yeah. champions, 2016. That was a good match by the way. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's really, that one's, that one's I think the most up for debate one we've had so far because it's definitions of success can be different. Like I, I, yeah, like I, I, my, I think mine so more so is over time how much like because like the first what I'd say three years or so, three four years of Zayn's run in NXT, I'm not NXT but WWE as on the main roster was kind of, eh. and then the last two have been solid. He's had he's got he's finally won some gold about time, 
But uh, yeah. Up next is a guy that's now working for AAA in AEW wrestled last week, last Friday night on AEW Rampage. Uh, uh, got rid of his associate, Chavo Guerrero Jr., Andrade El Hidro. So this is an interesting one. I'd say unsuccess. Yeah. It, it, that one. Because he really, all he did on the main roster once he got brought up, like he had, in NXT, he had a 140-day run as NXT champ, had a classic match with Johnny Gargano at NXT TakeOver Philly. But on the main roster, he at first he was featured with Rey Mysterio, which was a pretty big deal. But all, all it amounted to it ended up being a one-time U.S. title run in 150, like a 151-day U.S. title run, which I didn't really think was all that special. And really after that, it was kind of – he was not even there mostly. He was featured a lot on Raw last year during the early days of the pandemic. Like him and Garza and Zelina Vega, they were like the main one of the main focal points of Raw at that point. But other than that, they really he really didn't do a whole lot on the main roster. And he was and he the Duke could go. <laughs> so what didn't him and Gargano give WWE their first six star match? Or it was like five star first five star matches since like yeah. Punk since like yeah. uh, Punk and Cena. Yeah, absolutely. And what from what what we've seen in AW, he's he's a star. He can be a star. Just never given the chance. And the guy's improved his English quite a bit too. Like he's work he's working on he's like working on his English and he's really trying to get better at that. And yeah, he and uh yeah, he's dude is the dude can wrestle. <laughs> that's yeah. that's it. And he had the best mouthpiece, I think, one of the best mouthpieces behind him when he was in WWE in Zelina Vega. But for some reason. Vince didn't see it, and when he doesn't see it, it, it you're just you're done, <laughs> practically. Yeah, ultimately, like I said, the the universe, the WWE universe, can see what the potential these people have. But if Vince doesn't see it, then no, nah, it's not going to work. And another guy that was associated with him next is Angel Garza. And yeah, he had an NXT cruiserweight championship run that lasted 45 days. Uh, He was, like I said, he, along with Andrade, he was featured prominently on raw last year. Um, But really he's been, I think relegated to main event now, mostly if I remember correct. So, yeah, because I'm, I mean, granted, I don't watch every episode. I try to try to keep up. I, I just read online. I just read stuff online to semi keep up with it. Just make sure it's because I, I I don't think he's really been featured on Raw hardly at all since. But I make sure to try to keep up on it online at least read what's going on. Read online. I'm subscribed to the WWE YouTube channel, so anytime catch some highlights of the matches, the promos, everything like that. But uh, yeah, his his run was. His run's been not very good. Like he he had some promise early on, and then they just killed it again. Any progress he had it was making. And up next is another one that's on the main roster currently, and it what and what seems like she's still in a tag team with Nia Jax, and it, it's never going to end this this pairing. It's Shayna Baszler who had one of the hottest runs to start on the main roster. Like just dismantled everybody in the royal in the elimination chamber last year. 
and then loses at WrestleMania to Becky Lynch, and then has been stuck in an uninteresting tag team with Jax most of that time afterward. She's a two-time NXT Women's Champ, which, which in which her reign spanned over 540 total days, and her two tag title reigns on the main roster spanned 250 day, 15 days total. And this is one of the bigger missed opportunities. Like she could have been champ at least once or twice already because the way they booked her at the beginning was fantastic. I thought. I I liked the idea. I mean, always like having these uh, wrestlers with like mixed martial arts experience is always a plus in my opinion because it adds. I mean, it adds to their experience, and you know, I everyone always likes to see UFC fighters or mixed martial art, uh, mixed martial artists. Sorry, wrestle, but yeah, didn't do a whole lot with that in my opinion. Like, like she just got lost. And then as soon as like as soon as she lost to Becky, it was like pretty much over. It seemed like, like the, it like completely dismantled her aura around her because it was like a less than ten minute match on on WrestleMania last year, and she lost. And she was just she like ran th- and it like made her chamber run look like okay. What was the point of the chamber run then? Because she like just wrecked everybody. Like they just had her dismantle everybody, but then that happened and then she's really been lost ever since and she's been in this no go nowhere tag team with Nia Jax Ugh. but yeah I, I, that, she's the one I just I'm like gosh, you had a, such an opportunity that's another one of those you had such an opportunity to do something with and it didn't do anything and yeah it doesn't have let, hasn't led her to much success on the main roster up next up next a couple two next two guys we're going to talk about Two AEW guys now. Firstly, it's Rusev, now known as Miro, the best man. Was the best man. Now, now he's the redeemer. Like, dude was incredibly over on his, like, at one point on the main roster. Had something going when he was initially introduced on the main roster with Cena. He was just dominating everybody, U.S. champion, three-time U.S. champ. But then, but during the later years, it just seemed like he... The dude was super over, but the management just didn't want to pull the trigger on him for some reason. I I don't get it. It's because he didn't. They didn't get him over. He got himself over, and WWE doesn't like it when you do that. Just want Zack Ryder. (laughs) They want their guys over. Yeah, and the dude, like the guy, was a monster. Absolute monster, and then now in the AEW, look at him now. The dude's cutting promos, and he's doing a freaking fantastic job in it. Oh my gosh! Did you see that one where the oh, I I I think I sent you it last week? Uh, was the the redeem these nuts or whatever one when, when Eddie Kingston said it? But uh, and then Lana C.J. Perry, she says for to to uh, Miro. I'll re- I'll redeem those nuts tomorrow or tonight. Yep. Whatever. <laughs> oh my! Oh my gosh! That was tweet yeah. of, the <laughs> tweet of the year. Tweet of the freaking year. It's like I'll redeem those nuts when you get home. I'm like, oh lord, <laughs> that was out of control. But yeah, he's been very good. His initial start on AEW was a little rough as the best man, but once he got out of that and turned himself into the redeemer, God's favorite champion, 
he's really done some some good stuff there. Just uh, WWE Rusev Day was one of the most over things I thought, and then they just decided to to kind of I don't know, just not I don't know, just kill it pretty much because he got over like you said organically instead of by WWE's way over. And the next guy, guy that probably should have been world champion. Alistair Black, former NXT champ, who just – I don't know what they, – they they didn't know what to do with him on the main roster, it seemed like. The dude just had the look of a badass. They had they – had, they were doing stuff right with the entrance and everything, but I don't know. They just – I don't know, whatever it was. They had something that they were going to do with him before he left – they had like he was in kind of an interesting thing they were doing, but then that he got released, and then guess what? He goes to AEW, and then he's just decimating everybody like he should have. <laughs> another big, another big what if with Alistair Black? Like I said, there's there's so much potential with him there, with his gimmick. I feel like maybe the, I mean maybe they tried doing this with the fiend, like. No one's ever going to – there's not going to be another Undertaker, of course, you know? Like, there's one Undertaker should. And when I'm saying this, I'm not saying they should have went back to the special effects, gimmicky kind of thing. I'm not saying they should do that, but that kind of character, the darkness, I, I think they could have done some more with that. Well, you know, the, watching the entrance on uh, AEW, like, they'll they'll have him – come out with this like headpiece on it's like skull headpiece they'll shut the lights off and they'll turn the lights on he's back he's up on the turnbuckle and then they'll turn the lights off and he's in the middle of the ring back on yeah because that's how i feel with that look it would have worked it made it would have made sense and he has one of the most badass finishers you can have oh black mass i love it the spinning heel kick man that thing is freaking nasty it looks so nasty uh, he's going to have a match with Cody Rhodes. Uh, uh, it's nice to say his name, actually, Cody Rhodes, instead of just Cody. Uh, <laughs> he got his last name back, damn it. Um, he's Yeah, he's wrestling Cody at Arthur Ashe Stadium coming up in a few weeks. Um, I, think that's, I think that's a week from now, actually. They're doing the one in New York City. Uh, but, yeah, he was – I don't understand with him. They, like, paired him with Ricochet right off the bat on the main roster – and then he he had a really good match with Rick, uh, Cesaro on pay-per-view, too. Um, that could be another name we talk about here, too, uh, Cesaro. But I don't think he was I don't think he was on the NXT show as much because I think he's been he's been around for like almost a decade now. I, I can't remember. I didn't. That was one of the names I didn't get on the list, but he's been certainly underutilized as well. Up next, the Viking Raiders. Well, the Viking Raiders, the War Raiders, the. The Viking Express, the <laughs> the Viking Experience, they were the Viking the, something. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but they decided to eventually go with the Viking Raiders. Uh, took them like three months to figure out what their gimmick name was, but they had a good start on the main roster. But they had them in way too many squash matches, if I remember correct. I remember watching Raw back when they got called up. And it was just squash match after squash match after squash match. Like, get them somebody else. Like, and the, 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 the first failure was the gimmick name. They couldn't figure out what the hell they wanted to name them. 
War Raider sounded cooler than the Viking Raiders. Uh, yeah, I would have taken the War Raiders, but yeah. That, that was the NXT name. And what was the last name they have? Wasn't it the Viking Experience? Or The Viking Raiders is now their name, so... They they, oh, they settled on that. When they were back in Ring of Honor, when they worked for Ring of Honor, they were War Machine. That's pretty badass, though. I, I, like, I like that, that. name. That's, yeah. War Machine. But uh, they, uh, yeah, so they had one NXT Tag Championship reign, and then they they won one Raw Tag Team Championship, which was not all that memorable in all, in all aspects. And they were used as a comedy gimmick last year with the, uh, the Street Profits. Gosh, that was not... Uh, some people probably enjoyed it. I just absolutely hated the, the the comedy, the comedy stuff. As the tag champs just made it look like it's like, oh, we're just joking around practically. Right. You don't. The thing I always saw thought of with you know comedy gimmicks, comedy wrestlers is. I'm not saying they can't be champions, but I don't know. Like I think being a champion in the WWE has to come with a certain kind of aura. You know what I'm saying? And like like you just said, with them acting like that, it just made the belts... It diminished the belts, I think, in my opinion. I don't even know if they were holding them at that point, but they were working with Street Profits, and it was just... The comedy stuff was just miss for me on that. Like, there's certain comedy gimmicks in WWE that work. Big E, that's one. And he's not like comedy. He can turn, He can flip a switch. That's the thing with Big E. He can flip the switch and turn into a badass at, at certain points. But this this group has just kind of been, I don't know what the idea was. The, the, from the start, it was, I think it had to do with the, the booking because really the, the name and the, the way too many squash matches they put them in before even feeding them anybody was a little, it just got redundant, incredibly redundant. Right. I would agree. Uh, Yep. And uh, up next, recently released star, uh, Tyler Breeze. And the only time, only title he ever won in NXT was the NXT Tag Team Championship. He had a good, he had that kind of pretty boy gimmick at one, uh, when he was in uh, NXT. His probably biggest moment there was wrestling Jushin, Jushin Thunder Liger in a losing effort at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. He was the opener, if I remember correct. Same NXT TakeOver where Sasha Banks and Bayley put on the classic match <laughs> that changed, kind of changed women's wrestling, I'll say. Just a, yeah, just a low-key match. <laughs> just a low-key. It just, it just changed women's wrestling. That's all it did. I don't know. But, yeah, Breeze, he just, I think it had to do with his gimmick mostly. I mean, they tried. I mean, there has been successful gimmicks like that before. Uh, I wouldn't say Dash and Cody Rhodes. I didn't. I didn't think that one was success successful one. But they was like. The, do you do you remember the Fashion Police? Okay, yeah, the Fashion Police was good. I like that. Was, that was police. good stuff. They did good stuff, but they never really like they like didn't capitalize off the momentum they got off of that because they should have been tag champs. Honestly, Breeze and Fandango. And I get yeah, that's an example of the you know the comedy that you know I actually kind of in, kind of like. But I guess that's also an example of WWE having their tag teams and just not using any of them the way they should. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, that, that, that was another one. He, he was in the company for a long time, too, Breeze was. Um, up next, uh, another earlier NXT guy, Bo Dallas, former NXT champ, um, former FCW, three-time heavyweight champ, two-time FCW tag champ. That was, excuse me, before they transferred it over to NXT. They turned it FCW into NXT. But really, he, he got – his gimmick was the Bo Weave gimmick. And I remember, I think it was earlier on, I think like 2015, maybe Brock just like, he came out to the ring and Brock just like ragdolled him. And uh, it was just kind of, I don't, he, the gimmick didn't translate to the main roster, the Bo Weave one. And then he just got stuck in groups. Like he got, he was, he was like the Heath Slater. <laughs> he got stuck in every single group imaginable. He was in the social outcasts. He was in the Miztourage. He was on the B team. Um, they won a tag title with the B team, as he did win with uh, with uh, Michael McGillicuddy. Um, but he, I don't know. His was a combination of gimmick and I think it was mostly gimmick and then just kind of being thrown into groups practically. They just saw him at a certain level, and it was like the bottom, it was like the lower mid card, and that was all it was ever. Yeah, again, I mean, just never given the chance. Like, there could have been something there, which, again, could be said about a lot of wrestlers who are didn't succeed or have left the company since then. Just never given the chance. Yeah. Up next, this is another possible debatable one. He wrestles for AEW as well, and that is Neville. That's going to be – that's an interesting one because he was an NXT champ – he was a two-time cruiserweight champ. He had a really long cruiserweight championship reign, by the way. Um, two-time NXT yeah. tag champ. But, like, by the end of it, he was just utilized in one spot, and that was 205 Live. And the dude at that point was freaking jacked beyond belief. For, yeah, he's not the tallest guy in the world, but, my God, did he have mass. <laughs> that dude was huge. And, I don't know, it, he was... It might well that that booking with him and uh, uh, giving him giving Enzo the NXT ch- not the NXT championship but the two the the cruiserweight title was just horrible 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 idea from the jump. Yeah, I mean, there's just some I just can't get behind there to understand the decision for that. It just didn't because because Enzo was an over gimmick. He was an over gimmick, but the guy was not a great wrestler. He the dude was good over on the mic. On the yeah, mic, the dude the was mic. good on the mic, but the guy could like you need. There's a certain thing. You, there's a certain level you need to be at wrestling wise, <laughs> especially when you're smaller. You got to be able to wrestle. Mm-hmm. Like you can't be like Neville. That guy could freaking go. The guy could also talk too. He was an underrated talker too. And uh, once they think, once they gave Enzo the title, Neville was just like, "I'm freaking out. This is yeah, WWE st- isn't for me. This is stupid." He, yeah, I remember. I think there was an episode of Ride Along where it had Bailey and Sasha. And ne- Neville was on there, and Neville was like, "That was." I think it was after that night, and he was pissed off. Like that dude was just over it 
You mean you mentioned uh, Enzo? I think that could be another one. Big casts and Enzo. I think yeah, I it could, but I don't. I okay, honestly, I never really got behind it all that much. I like yeah, at first it was cool, and then after like a couple of months, maybe it's just like I'm like this is this is the same shtick every freaking week. I mean, I do remember, you know, when we watch Raw back at back in our college dorm, I was always saying their entrance with them every time they're coming out. Yeah, I don't know it was that I was. It was catchy, but I got over it after. I honestly got over it after a while. Those guys, yeah, sort. Those are another case of they didn't get as much success on the main roster as they as over as they were. I just think it was the between the ropes kind of thing that was the issue, maybe with them. Another guy. That doesn't have a well, his gimmick's actually dead now. That's the artist formerly known as Elias. They, his gimmick was super over, but once the fans left, once the fans were gone, it just he yeah, it just had no hope. I mean, I, I still have hope for him. I'm uh, with the vignettes that WWE's been putting out with him. It looks like they're giving him a new direction. I'm in, interested to see where that goes. He did have some, like, he had success, but it was just very limited. Yeah. And we'll go with it. I'm trying to think. Uh, man, any title reigns? Any title nope. wins? Nope. I think maybe a 24-7. He wanted 24 I was going to say. It's probably like a 24-7 title reign or two. I, I don't really count those as anything because they're not really <laughs> anything unless you have our, unless you're our truth. That's won the title like 6,000 times, but I mean, that's it, hall of fame worthy right there. Yeah. 6,000 times. <laughs> you know, what's crazy. Our truth. It was us champion a couple of years ago. He was, he was also, I guess you could technically say he was in the main event scene. He was in a few elimination chambers, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. He also was a main event one time. It was a Capital Punishment 2011 with Cena. Yeah, it was 2011, Capital Punishment 2011 with Cena. But eh, never mind. We'll, we'll move on to another guy that's currently on the main roster. These next two guys are SmackDown guys. Uh, Chad Gable, uh, former NXT tag champ, one time. I completely forgot about this. He was a one-time Raw tag champ with Bobby Roode. I completely forgot about that until recently, until today. And then he was a former really? SmackDown tag champ with uh, Jason Jordan as the uh, – I forget their, I forget their, the gimmick name, but, but – uh, American Alpha? American Alpha, yes, that's it. Yeah. That had potential. <laughs> it did. And then they, then um, they broke him up. Broke him up. Yeah, but again, does oh your attack team? Uh what are we gonna do with you guys? We're gonna make we're gonna make Jason Jordan Kurt Angle's Ill- illegitimate son. Illegitimate son. Oh my god. <laughs> my god. If I remember that angle they didn't even turn into anything either. Nope. He has uh Jordan got ended up getting hurt. I think yeah, it might have was supposed to was supposed to maybe end up Jordan wrestling Kurt, maybe. I think. I don't know. But Gable, he ends up being saddled with the gimmick. Well, he wrestled with, he was in a tag team with Shelton Benjamin at one point, which I thought was a pretty cool tag team because two, two freaking fantastic amateur wrestlers on the same team, but they never really did anything hardly with them. 
But uh, Gable, he tends up being the gimmick Shorty G, which is just, oh, my God. I would refuse to call. I, I, I mentioned, I can't believe I said his name, but I used to, I never, I refused to call him that. Shorty G, I did. I just refused to call him that when he was that gimmick. Because I'm like, he's Chad freaking Gable. The dude can wrestle. Why take away the name that makes his name, makes him cool? See, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't want people to call him Shorty G either. <laughs> well, there's another Gable to just sign with WWE, Gable Stevenson, Olympic gold medalist. So hopefully that, I, uh, I yeah, does, that. let's just not change that. his name again, please. Chad Gable, just keep his name there. Yeah. Oh, well, his name, okay. That my, this is this is WWE logic when it comes to this. All right, we're just going to change his name to Chad. <laughs> we're going to have Chad oh, out there wrestling. Man. No, he's with uh he's with Otis right now. He's working with Otis, which is a little better than what he's been doing, but it really hasn't really been translating to championship success since. And he's just kind of been in that lower mid card. It seems like most of the time. Up next, former NXT champ. Bobby Roode. I would just say success. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Uh, United States uh, title champion. Uh, Maybe that's it. He, no, he won tag. He won tag titles. Tag. Yeah. He won well, a couple of tag titles. One with Roode. One with gable and one with uh ziggler he won that he won raw tag champs with ziggler and he also won a smackdown tag championship with ziggler but right. i i just i just I don't think his to... title i don't think his title reigns have meant anything though that's the issue i I come up with okay that's fair and when i was remembering i was really just trying to think of singles single titles yeah but i title titles don't always translate to success really because those title reigns have got to mean something also true. And all these title reigns really didn't mean anything. And the guy and the guy the guy Rude beat to win the NXT championship was Shinsuke Nakamura. Which is another one we'll bring up later on in this. We'll <laughs> we'll 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 make a decision here on it later on. And then another AEW tag team. Well, not another AEW tag team, another AEW uh group of wrestlers that is the revival now known as ftr cash wheeler dash wilder dax harwood and scott dawson those guys were completely underutilized while they were in the company Mm -hmm. like their best thing i was gonna say they're the ones that got squashed by the click weren't they by dx yes they were on the 20, what is it, the 25th anniversary of Raw or something like that, yeah. Raw 25. Yeah, they got in the ring, got absolutely just wrecked by the click. By a bunch of old men. <laughs> and it was just like, what the? <laughs> like, I didn't think of anything at, any of it, anything of it at the time, but then I was like, later, then later on when they were talking about it, I'm like, yeah, that was a stupid, stupid, stupid idea. Right. Because I mean, that's. It's a, it's tough because yeah, it's I, I understand it's a big deal and you know it's a nostalgia thing. We get to see DX and the NWO uh, even. Yeah, and um, I think the Ballard Club was there as well. But you can't bury your new talent like that. Your young talent like that. It's just it ruins any credibility. And like the revival was a different, like a different look too. 
They were a traditional tag team, which we don't have traditional tag teams anymore. Like they were old school and you don't capitalize off of that. These guys were pure tag team wrestlers. These guys are straight up tag team wrestlers. They don't do anything else. They don't wrestle singles matches hardly ever. Mm-hmm. And you had a tag team ta- guy, tag team group that was freaking having killer matches on NXT with uh, American Alpha and uh, DIY, which is Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. They were having freaking clap. They were having epic matches with those tag teams. But then they come up to the main roster where they don't give two flying farts about tag team wrestling, period. Um, and then by the end of it, then there's some stupid gimmick where they're like in the shower and da- Dax is like getting his back shaved by uh, Dax, I think. Yeah, Dax was getting his back shaved by uh, Cash. And it was the Usos like taking pictures or whatever and they were making fun of them. It was just the stupidest garbage I've seen. Like these guys, like you, they that they did the one cool one cool thing they did on the main roster was team them up with Ray uh, with uh, Randy Orton, FTRKO, which was <laughs> had a little bit of potential there, but then that died, <laughs> and then they got released, and then they went to AEW, which they did. They're kind of eh, they're still featured quite a bit. They're still featured a bit, not as much as they should, but. They have won the AEW World Tag Titles once. They had a really good match with uh, the Bucks at uh, Full Gear last year. It was that was an ode to like tag team wrestling because they pulled out all the old old nostalgic tag team finishers and stuff. They like paid tribute, I think, to the Hardys, the Dudleys, uh, Midnight Express, like all, all all the tag teams. Pretty much, they they found a way to weave that in there. But their run in on the main roster was just. I don't know. It was just it, injuries were an, an issue, I think, because I think I forget who was getting injured, but one of them was I think maybe Scott kept getting injured. Dax, mm-hmm. he kept getting injured early on. It kind of derailed the momentum they were getting, but they were still, once they got back, it's like they're a really good tag team, man. But uh, yep, that's my, those are my uh, other ones. But what, what are some of the ones you had? Uh, well, the one you just brought up was, uh, I think, one that's pretty up for debate was Shinsuke Nakamura. He was probably mm-hmm. one of my first ones that I thought of because I think about what he's done since he's been on the main main roster. Won the Royal Rumble. That's huge. Fe- uh, had that feud with AJ Styles. Was all right, I'd say. Yeah, he should have won. He should have yeah. won that feud. He should have got the title out of that feud, but he didn't. Right. Um, changed his entrance theme. I didn't think he needed the lyrics. That's just a nitpicky thing for me. But then he changed it back eventually. Yeah. Thank God. And then I thought it was weird. He was in that, uh, I guess, stable with um, Sami Zayn and Cesaro. Which didn't think that was the best thing ever. Just felt random. Yeah, it felt really random. So that was one of mine. I don't know how you felt about his time. I, 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 I would I would consider it very, 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 very slight success. Very slight. And I and I that one's one of them where I was like kind of here nor there. 
because I just don't know. Like his title reigns, he's won two U.S. title titles and two Intercontinental Championships. But really, those reigns have not. I don't remember really hardly anything about those reigns, other than he won the Royal Rumble in 2018, which was cool. But I thought it was a little late anyway because they should have took him. They should when he was hot. When I think there was a summer. It was uh, that's 27 summer 2017. That was when Gender was champion. That was the perfect time to get the title off of him. Because mm-hmm. Nakamura was hot at that point, and but they would they give Jinder the win and give Shinsuke Nakamura his first main event. I mean, his main roster loss. Yeah, and that just never made any sense. Don't hinder Jinder, as I like to say. <laughs> but there's a couple that are still out for debate on these people, like still out for jury's still out on this because I don't think they I don't think they've had enough time on the main roster really to make a decision or. Um, we'll see. Um, one of them, and we brought this up earlier on. Maybe I, I was I was prep. I was kind of hinting at it when I was talking about Mick Foley. Was carrying cross. That was the example he was using. They completely watered down version of himself. Like completely watered down version of himself. It's like it's hard to have faith in WWE creative when they like kill everything that's pretty much interesting about the character. And carrying cross is one of the examples that they have just kind of absolutely just destroyed so far. They have him lose to Jeff Hardy immediately. They have him come out in this freaking gimmick that looks like something from Mad Max. And they take away what's cool about him is his entrance entrance and Scarlet. And Scarlet, who made it. And there was a video I saw. uh, It was Adam Cole cutting a promo on Karrion Cross. Uh, as they were, I think they were about to face each other at some point uh, when Cross was champion last. And they did, like, this company has done everything to make you special. You've got the entrance. You've got the whatever. you get the belt. You've got the girl. But you know what they do to make me feel, you know, you know what they make, they want, uh, you know what they do to, that, what makes me special or whatever? They ring the damn bell. That's what Adam Cole said. I'm like, Oh my God! He just this—he just completely obliterated him there. Like they—it's like what they do to make me feel, make up make me special is ring the damn bell. I'm like, oh my God! That was just career murder there. Ouch! That hurts. Look, you look cold. Yeah, it's like Cole's like you. Cole's special because he's just fantastic. Bell to bell. Oh my gosh, he's good. He saw the writing. He saw the writing on the wall when I think he saw the writing on the wall. Apparently, Dave Meltzer is not the most reputable source anymore from the Wrestling Observer. But apparently, this was the idea they had for Adam Cole on the main roster. Cole as Keith Lee's manager. Oh, so not even a wrestler. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, because they're idea. trying to make Keith Lee this mega heel. Apparently they're going to try once he gets because he's had like some issues, health issues recently. He had like I think a heart thing they were they were detecting. Yeah, I did hear read about that. One. Yeah, but care, but like it's like okay, that's that's bad. That's like Cole did compliment WWE when he talked was talking with AEW. Of course, he talked, he complimented, he was nice and everything about it. He had a good experience with Vince, good interview. 
But if that was the, if that was the case, they were going to make him a manager. That was the dumbest idea I've ever heard in my freaking life. Absolutely. I mean, he's he can still wrestle. People want him to be a wrestler. They want to see him wrestle. Adam Cole is yeah. a freaking Adam Cole's a Adam Cole is what kept NXT close in the like if. <laughs> If the rate they kept that kept the rating semi close was Adam Cole. <laughs> and your idea to capitalize on Adam Cole is to make him a manager. And, and speaking of the, the speaking of the guy, he would have been managing possibly, which is I I, I just don't I it just when I heard that I'm like read that I'm like I don't even believe that. <laughs> but the guy I'm talking about next, Keith Lee. NXT, former NXT champ, former NXT North American champ. Like, same thing with Karrion Cross. They brought him in. This is completely watered-down version of himself. Because what makes him special is Keith Lee's freak athleticism. My God, the dude's like 320 pounds doing shooting star presses, d- jumps Moots from all, doing Moots topes. All. Oh, my God. I like, I, uh, a highlight I watch repeatedly... And for like just random times is when uh, it was on the build up to Survivor Series when SmackDown and Raw invaded NXT. It was Keith Lee and I forget who else it was. I think Drew McIntyre might have been there. Yeah, Drew McIntyre was there. Yeah, he was definitely there. I remember that. But the part I'm talking about was it was when everyone was gathered at the bottom of uh, the floor and then Keith Lee... And someone else, can't remember who it was, uh, jumped out of the ring. And yeah, he did a topa. He's like 320 pounds and he's just flying through the air like that. It was crazy. To yeah, see. flipping through the air over the top rope. It's like, what the? F- how is that even possible? You know, didn't like really see, I, from what I watched him on the main roster, you didn't really see that from him. No, and you're 100% right. And they, they do these changes to. Uh, the call-ups for no reason. Like you mentioned with Karrion Cross, they gave him a mask for some reason. Uh, for Keith Lee, they changed his entrance music. Which I understood with I the C- CFOs thing. It was because they were done with the WWE. But the music they gave him was just... Right. And another just super controlling thing is, from what I've read, from what I've heard, it's Vince's problem, but they made him start wearing this like tank top t-shirt when yeah because he was because he was big i'm like okay so yeah so are we we supposed to be about body positivity anymore right yeah what happened to be a star wwe oh yeah that's that's another story (laughs) that that gimmick is uh interesting to say the least that uh yeah that organization that that little organization they are part of because they are not the most uh, I, I'm not going to get into that, but will be another right. time we that's can a, get that's into a, that's that. A, that's a different. That's a different episode. <laughs> yeah, but because I will say, I think it. It's he, Keith Lee, falls in the. There's still time. He hasn't been on the main roster, I think, that long, and due to you know health issues and injuries, he hasn't been on TV a lot since he's been on the main but roster. When, so. when he's when he's but when he is used on TV, it's like. <laughs> Why? They just had him like lose to carry and cross in like a couple of minutes or something like that. I think recently I'm like, why do you, or like, yeah, no, they brought him back to lose like Lashley. I'm like, what was the point? Don't put him back. You, you can put him in the ring against someone else, build him back up instead of just, Oh, let's have him work with the world champ immediately and lose. See, I thought 
the I thought WWE were a hundred percent behind Keith Lee because if you remember, I'm, I brought it up, but if you remember that Super uh, Survivor Series match, the dude was, was so the final, old. He was the final two. Yeah, <laughs> he he eliminated Seth Rollins clean as a whistle and was so close. I mean, I didn't. I, I mean, no one thought he was actually going to pin Roman, but he, dude, that would have been crazy if he did. He so he gave him so close to made it look so good in that match like, like my god i thought I was and like, the wow, dude, like the crowd mean? you hear the crowd reaction keith lee was over he was over <laughs> man he hit the freaking spirit bomb he hit spirit that spirit bomb on reigns is like oh my god <laughs> my and that that's the purview said that one of the reasons i'm a little impartial to keith lee is i love his finishers the spirit bomb the grizzly magnum I mean, what even was, though the Grizzly Maslin was just a chest the big, the big bang, the big bang catastrophe. Yeah, it, which is like a That's pretty it. much a version of a jackhammer. But oh I, say, I, don't, I don't know if you if you knew if you if you knew that, but you know I'm an anime fan, and all of those move names are from animes. That I think it is super super funny, super dope. Mm-hmm. But I think it's awesome. And then there's one other one that's a jury still out a little bit, and that's Rhea Ripley. Oh man, I th- I'm I'm positive. I'm praying. I'm positive that WWE will figure it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because they like they had her last year, not this past WrestleMania, but the WrestleMania before. They had her lose to Charlotte Flair, and apparently Triple H was like, oh, "Okay, let's uh, let's wait. Uh, just just wait about five, four or five months. And we'll, you'll see." And nothing ever came of it. And uh, best wishes to Triple H, honestly, because he had that. He had a heart procedure recently, so I did but, see that. Yeah, but he, uh, yeah, that was that was not one of his better comments he made because the law, like it was like okay, wait four or five months, it never really happened or anything. Um, but yeah, that was kind of disappointing to say the least. And she's won the she won the Raw champ women's championship, but her booking's been kind of just what? <laughs> it's like she had it. She was in a heel heel like feud with Charlotte Flair. Which ended up resulting her in losing again to Charlotte Flair, which made no sense again. <laughs> I, I love Charlotte too. It's she, but I, uh, sometimes it's like, why is she getting all these title wins? And, and and she usually makes it up by having a really good good match. But mm-hmm. and but then but Rhea's booking now she's like in a tag team I think with Nikki Cross or Nikki Ash as they like to call her now. They call her. Um, but yeah, hers, it's, uh, she has time, but it's going to be ticking here in a little, in a couple of months. So I'm hopeful though. WWE doesn't always let me down. Uh, they, uh, it doesn't always, but uh, uh, <laughs> most of the time they do. It's, they give me what I want. That's not what I want. That's, that's the Batista saying as they go, as it goes. But, uh. Yeah, and the, I'm just going to go over a quick few examples I had of successes. Um, I'll go with Kevin Owens to it. Kevin Owens to a degree. I think Kevin Owens has been a huge success on the main roster. You know what's crazy though about Kevin Owens? The last time he held a title was in July of 2017, and that was the Universal, was it not? U.S. No? U.S. He started, I'll say this, he started out really hot on his main roster run, like really hot. He beat Cena like right off the bat and then ended up giving Clean. Cena, I think, 
Yeah, and they ended up giving giving Cena both of his wins back, I think. But he he had ended up being a two-time IC champ, three-time US champ, and then a one-time Universal champ, which his reign was ended abruptly by Goldberg, which which I which is fine, which was fine, but and then looking back on it, it's like uh, maybe not. Well, maybe it wasn't because it was just a reason to get the title back on Brock. Yeah, but uh, one of my had I actually had Shinsuke Nakamura as a success. Success as I you said it was kind of a failure. Um, and Asuka on there, her booking's been uneven, but she has won quite a few titles. But Royal Rumble winner as well. Like Shinsuke. yeah. But she did lose her undefeated streak at WrestleMania. Oh yeah. No. But still, I thought her mostly it's mostly been a success. She was the M, one of the MVPs of the the COVID era, uh, the COVID era, the fanless era on Monday Night Raw and SmackDown last year. She was one of the early MVPs because she was saving those shows by being entertaining. Um, and most of the, this is I'm going through Bailey, Sasha, Charlotte, Becky. Yeah, those are pretty obvious ones. Um, Alexa Bliss. Oh yeah, Baron Corbin. I think he's been prominently featured a lot. I would yeah, I would say that's a a, a, a success too. And I honestly think he's had success in all of his gimmick changes like the lone wolf one was a i think that was probably his best one the, the was, king like, one constable. was I, I, I constable cool god i uh, that was unwatchable raw though that was go away that was go away heat man i couldn't stand that guy i, I like like i couldn't stand i just i just found his stuff boring like it was just i didn't find him interesting at all <laughs> Oh, okay. I guess that's fair. I was gonna because you said it was heat. That it, but that was good. it was go away heat. <laughs> but, but heat's heat, is it not? He was the he was yeah the yeah yeah. <laughs> uh, but that was without those were like dark days of raw. Okay, like those dark days before the dark days happened this last year, these last year or so. Um, right. up next success, uh, Seth Rollins, of course. Guys done everything possible practically. I'm gonna give it an early success right now as Bianca Belair. She won the Rumble, she's won the SmackDown Championship, Women's Championship. Becky is uh shouldn't have won the title back, but she's turned super heel again. She's turned the super heel, but Becky has. But I think Bianca's I think she's on the right track. I just think they ended her reign too abruptly. Too abruptly, yeah. I say, uh, as with that, I would say that's just like a small blemish on an otherwise pretty decent run. Mm-hmm. Um, Carmella, I say success. I mean, I guess you could count that Money in the Bank win, right? She, yeah, she kind of won Money in the Bank twice, technically. <laughs> yeah. Well, James Ellsworth won it for the first yeah, time. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I was talking about with that first one. <laughs> yeah, she won Miss. She was Miss Money in the Bank. She's been a SmackDown Women's Champion before. Uh, I don't, I don't know why I put two time twenty four seven champ on there because that doesn't really matter. But <laughs> she did win a WrestleMania Battle Royal at a certain point. Um, I'm going to give Damian Priest an early uh, success one. 
from NXT. He's been doing a pretty good job. NXT uh, US champ currently. Um, Biggie, he was an NXT guy at a certain at, at early on for one time NXT champ. Actually, Rollins, you know, it was the first the inaugural NXT champ. Right. Yeah. Um, so Biggie, uh, one time NXT champ, two time IC champ, two time Raw tag champ, six time SmackDown tag champs with the uh, New Day. And he's current Mr. Money in the Bank. Apparently, he said he was going to cash in tonight. He said on like Twitter he was going to cash in tonight, which means he's not cashing in tonight. He's not cashing in now, yeah. Because it was, I think, Bobby's Bobby's facing Randy Orton. And as apparently, that was according to the Wrestling Observer. They said that was a reaction to AEW's last week. AEW last week was to put this title on. Because uh, AEW beat Raw in the demo, the 18 to 49 demo last week. Huh. For the first time ever, AEW beat Raw in the 18 to 49 demo. That that elusive demo, demographic that everyone's going for. But uh, up next, another person from the New Day, Xavier Woods, four-time Raw Tag Champ, seven-time SmackDown Tag Champ, uh, the Street Profits, NXT Tag Champs, one-time Raw Tag Champ, and two-time SmackDown Tag Champs. And a couple more, uh, Nikki Cross, former Raw Women's Champion, one-time Raw Women's Champion, two-time Tag Champ, Miss Money in the Bank from this year, Riddle. Former U.S. champ and a current tag, Raw Tag Team champ with Randy Wharton. The dude's getting over. That guy is getting over. I love RK, bro. <laughs> it's just so <laughs> dorky and corny that it works. It's like one. It's one of those. It's one of those gimmicks. It's one of those times where total totally opposite personalities work together well. Like right. Um, and then the last one. It could be debatable. That's Bray Wyatt. Oh man! Former WWE champ, two-time Universal champ, Raw tag champ, SmackDown tag champ. I guess for that one, that's that's you'll a, have to ask yourself. I was gonna I was gonna say for to decide whether or not Bray Wyatt was successful in the WWE, you again have to ask yourself what is successful. I mean, he ultimately left for. Officially, for the official reasons, what budget cuts? Yeah. Um, but his time there was pretty good. Like you mentioned, the titles he's won, the amazing Even... character of the fiend was. It's uh, and that that divided fans too. People didn't like it. Some people liked it. I liked the early, at least the early portions of it. I was, I was like, this is something I've never seen. This is something different. Like that match, that Firefly Funhouse match he had with Cena at WrestleMania last year, I was like, that was one of my favorite matches of the night. I liked that. Honestly, I liked that better than the Boneyard match. Oh, yeah. That one was way better than the Boneyard match. Like, uh, everyone loved the Boneyard match, but I'm like, I like this one. This one had so much depth, like, had so much depth to it. And it, like, call like callbacks the story and everything. And I, I thought it was so well. He, even though he's like, when it resulted in wins and losses, he did move merch. The guy was super over, and like they they got behind him. It's just they, like I said, they killed this gimmick at times, at the wrong times. I said lost to Goldberg. That was dumb. <laughs> like squash. That's like a squash. Yeah. Well, no, no. The first it's... mistake they made was the, the the Hell in a Cell with Rollins two years ago. 
Oh, the the red one. The yes, one where where they ended it in a no contest. It's a hell in a cell. That's supposed. There's supposed to be some finality. <laughs> but we don't get a no finish inside hell in a cell. What's that idea about? And then they, they recovered long enough for him to win the title and then lose to Goldberg. And then they had him lose to Orton by this last year at WrestleMania. And then pretty much since then, he'd been gone. Well, they also, well, yeah, they, no, they burned Bray Wyatt. I remember they burned him this year, set a man on fire. And then they had, had him lose to or, Orton for hocus pocus reasons, pretty much at WrestleMania with Alexa Bliss getting black goo on her face, which we never got an explanation for. Nope. It never made any sense to me, but other than that, but Ray Wyatt, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I think he was a success. You said too, so as well. Yeah, it, yep, yep. Okay. So to wrap things up on this, to put a bow on it, was this ver- version of NXT successful? <sighs> yes, I want to say yes. Did it accomplish what it should have accomplished? Because... You, we look at like all the success stories we have, but we also have all the uh, not failures, but the just unsuccessful runs they had in the main on the main roster. Thinking about who succeeded and those who didn't, I think I don't know maybe it's because those who didn't succeed just became forgetful, and I'm forgetting them. But I, I'd like to think there are more success stories than there aren't. Yeah, and and I agree. But you look at most of the success stories that are on there, like uh, like the ones I listed. Most of them are from like 2015 NXT back. Right. You look at most of that; it's 2015 NXT and back. Like recently, not so much. Kit. Would it? Are they allowed to be successful without uh, accomplishing the job it was meant to do? Is that possible? I don't know. <laughs> Does that make sense? Because yeah, I got you. I got what you're saying. Because one of the things I I was thinking about when we were gonna when you were gonna ask this question, like was NXT NXT successful as it was? I thought about, <laughs> I thought about what NXT was made to do. And because it went from OVW to NXT. Actually, it's FCW, 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 FCW to NXT. We're going to we're going to skip the reality show part because that doesn't count. (laughs) So they used it as a ground to build new stars. However, all the biggest stars that I can think of mostly were indie guys. Mm-hmm. So instead of building their own stars, they just brought in indie guys who, you know, maybe didn't have the biggest fan bases. Obviously, they're indie guys, gave them a fan base and then just built from that, from from who they were, who they already were. So in that as- aspect, I would say NXT failed, but it still succeeded in helping these indie stars get big, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, you, in a way, you can say that. I'd say it's kind of hard because I'd say the last few years, no. Probably the last two or three years, they haven't really translated to main roster stars. 
And that is due in part to the booking on the main roster, the creative, which has been, especially on Raw, been absolutely poor, terrible recently. Mm-hmm. But like they in in the I I just I'm just gonna say yes, it was successful. It did create new stars for the most part for the last at least up until the last couple of years it did. There's not a very many from 2016 on that they did create, but they have created quite a few that are still prominent at this point in time. It's just that they need to create ones for the future because that's their main roster is uh, survival is pretty much based off of that because they got to get people that they can groom to get to the top of the card, but they can't, but they, the issue I run into with them in this aspect is that um, while they're trying to just use like the, the small guys, they're not, they don't want indie wrestlers anymore, but that's what made NXT at, at its early stages special was those indie yeah. guys. Like especially like 2013 through what what 2015 or so that's what NX made NXT really special. 26 actually 2013 I'll say through 2018 before they went on uh, USA. That's what made them special was those in, indie guys. They were they were known as serving as an alternative to the WWE main roster. But the way it's looking now is it's not going to be the like that. It's going to be like it's they're trying to pretty much mold everyone to wrestle a certain way and. They need big guys and all that kind of stuff. And they're shying away from indie talent, which it's like, oh, okay. So that now is an independent talent. It's like, well, all right, WWE is not really an option anymore. So uh, where do I go? I have plenty of options, though. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just, I, I, so I, I, it's, it's just hard to make a vert, like a verdict on this to be like, was it successful or not? Because, in ways it was, in ways it wasn't. Honestly, that's probably the perfect way to say it right there. Because, I mean, like, like we talked about so many times in this episode was what do you define as success? Um, success doesn't have to be, like, 100%. Like, it could be they multiple percentages like maybe they they succeeded a hundred percent in this aspect but maybe only succeeded 70 percent in another aspect yeah and then maybe just get the average of of that but yeah. no it is it is very hard to just say to say nope nxt didn't succeed or yep it, it succeeded because xyz there's just too many variables yeah, variables. Yeah. yeah, same variables, factors, same thing. It's well, I think yes, they were they provided an alternative in developing new talent, especially recently. No, and so that's I think that's why the revamp was coming, and I, I'm not really excited for the revamp because I'm kind of nervous because it's a Bruce Pritchard Vince McMahon project, and what they've done recently in the main roster, other than SmackDown, it's been kind of rough. So. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with that. But that will bring up episode 100 close to its conclusion. We'll wrap things up here in a moment. But coming up for episode 101, we'll be talking about, we'll be actually doing a watch along, our first watch along ever. 
as we, as Jeremy and I, we are going to go to a Mick Foley comedy show coming up uh, in about a week or so. It's going to be exciting stuff. Looking forward to that. Oh, absolutely. And uh, it's, it's, have, it's part of his Have a Nice Day tour. We'll be going to see him, see his show. Going to be fun to meet the hardcore legend himself, Mick Foley. And we're going to do our first watch along next week for episode 101. And it's going to be part from, it was going to be from IWA Japan, King of the Death Match, 1995 at Kawasaki Stadium and Kawasaki Kanagawa. 20, over 28,000 in attendance, almost 29,000. Uh, Cactus Jack versus Terry Funk in the finals of the King of the Death Match tournament in a no ropes, no, uh, no ropes barbed wire, electrified board, exploding ring time bomb match to determine the King of the Death Match. And uh, that's going to be certainly interesting because you'll be losing your Death Match virginity next week, J.O., during this watch along. That is correct. I've never ever watched a death match. And, and it's a good one to, to lose it too. It's one of the classics. So we'll definitely look forward to doing that. That took place. That death match took place August 20th, 1995. So that predated both of us. So that'll be yep. a lot of fun to do coming up next week. In the meantime, you can follow uh Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show on Twitter at Sig Daddy Wrestle on TikTok as well at Sig Daddy Wrestle and on Instagram at Sig Daddy dot Wrestle. Where can they find you, J.O.? At Jeremy Ordas. That is J-E-R-E-M-Y-O-R-D-A-S. One word, Instagram and Twitter. All righty, all righty then. But 100 episodes, man. You've been around for about, I think, almost 10 of them. But uh, I'm looking forward to doing a lot more of these. And uh, if you haven't already, make sure to hit the subscribe button or, well, it's follow button, I think, now on Apple Podcasts. But, yeah, follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, wherever you get your podcasts. But thank you again, Jeremy, for joining me on the show. Episode 100, crazy to think. It's been, what, the show's been going on for two years now. Wow. Man, it's uh, been an honor to been a part of a few of it. You know, always love being a part of it i'm looking forward to being here again all right man we'll talk to you next week on this on the on the what <laughs> on sig daddy's wrestling show nonetheless uh we'll be back next week and i'll be dropping that episode probably tuesday morning for you all so stay tuned for that and much more but until next time this is sig daddy with jo signing off skylar sig daddy that is saying Thank you for listening, and so long, everybody.